Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. I just want to thank you for being here for another podcast with me on Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you for being a part of our community. I really appreciate your support and your downloads and shares. All that means so much. All these past shows are going on exploringmindandbody.com. I throw up some of them on my Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash trueformlife. And I'm also on Twitter at trueformlife. So I'm kind of trying to be all over the place. So it's easier for you to catch me <laughs> if you can. So my main website is under trueformlife productions, which is trueformlife.com. Hope that's not confusing. But I do have a lot of different stress detox posts going up there. I write one each week, and I do have a nice group of them now. I've been doing that for a few months now, so I'm kind of moved in that direction of stress and detox and helping you supplement your body with quality foods and avoid processed foods and all that nonsense that puts more stress on your body. Today, I want to talk about Christmas. I hope you guys, everyone had a fantastic Christmas I kind of felt a little bad. I forgot to wish everyone a Merry Christmas on the show. I actually rearranged a couple of radio shows <laughs> so I could say Merry Christmas. And then I forgot. I guess it, it's not really a big deal, but I did want to say Merry Christmas. I hope everyone had a, a fantastic Christmas. And if you don't do the Christmas thing, I hope you had a nice holiday season. And because I did. I had, I had an absolutely fabulous, magical Christmas. And I want to tell you about it. And I want to talk about a little, maybe something about anxiety I'm going to throw in there. I'm going to throw about depression I'm going to talk about. And I really want to talk about appreciating right now. And it was quite a while ago that I read Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. And when I read it, I didn't really understand it. Then I listened to the audiobook, and I'm not quite sure I really understood it then either. That was a, a number of years ago. That was kind of when I f- almost first started getting into better quality of life, self-help kind of stuff. I used to sit around and listen to Anthony Robbins and Jim Rome for hours. It was kind of weird. I just got introduced to them, and then I started watching YouTube videos, and I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys are incredible, and I couldn't stop listening, listening to them, watching them. So that's kind of my background of where I am now, I guess you could say, which isn't exactly health and fitness what they talk about but that's maybe where my basis comes from is you know I forget who it was but maybe Isaac Newton said I stand on shoulders of giants and I think if you go back you look at Socrates and Plato and everyone has someone that they've learned from it doesn't have to be an exact mentor or someone that you've been with all the time I say if you you know what? YouTube's crazy these days. You can sit. I, re, I just sat through a, a couple part session of some prestigious school talking about speed reading. And so I went, I just took a speed reading class from a major university. That's it. I did. Well, why, why didn't I? Because I watched it on YouTube and I wasn't in the classroom. It's the same thing. <laughs> so we can do so many things on. If you want to learn something, teach yourself something. I'm a, I'm a big fan, a big believer in teaching yourself. That's what what I do. Everything I, I do, I research endless hours and um, obsessively <laughs> at times to teach myself how to do because I get that stubborn, you know, laser-like focus that I can't stop looking or learning until I figure it out. So 
that's what I do, and I highly recommend if you want to learn something, then learn something, look it up. And I love to read. I'm always reading something, and I figure if I could read faster, I could get more information. I don't read. <laughs> I don't read too much for pleasure. I mean, if it's a good book and if I'm learning lots, that's pleasurable for me. But I don't read. <laughs> I don't read fantasy or not. That, not that there's anything wrong with it. I don't read anything for enjoyment. I read to learn. That's it. Maybe that probably sounds boring to you, but I love to learn. It gives me a sense of accomplishment every time I learn something. So I wanted to take the speed reading course, and it helped me. It helped me immensely. And I also got this book, I think it's called Evelyn Wood's Speed Reading Course or something like that. Evelyn Wood, check her out. But she didn't do it. She's not the author, and I was trying to find the book. I heard about it, and I was looking for Evelyn Wood, and she didn't write it. <laughs> so... That was kind of difficult to find. So if you want to increase your... I, I almost doubled my speed reading after that course, after that book I read. almost doubled my reading, which I was reading at, I don't know, just an average level. And I read a lot. I read often. I do read often. And I was just reading at an average level, and then I read that book, and I almost doubled my reading. But the, just just so you know, that's not casual reading. You read for a purpose. You read for speed, and you read for... Um, knowledge I guess so a lot of people like to sit down and enjoy themselves when they read and personally <laughs> I just want as much information as possible so the faster I can get information in my brain the better I'm feeling so anyways I want to talk about my Christmas because I want to share it with you and I feel like I have a personal connection with you guys that are, are tuning in on a regular basis and listening to my story and my perspective I appreciate that so much and I talk about in previous shows how haven't always had an audience. You know what? I wrote on my trueformlife.com website. I read I wrote on that years ago. Years ago, 7 years ago, maybe maybe 10 years ago now. I don't, I don't know. But I didn't have much of an audience. I had a few clients and I had a few family members that would read and follow me through my travels and I wasn't a very I wasn't a good blogger at all and I wasn't a good writer. So now when I write, I write often on my Facebook page. I write in there once a day, once every two days, twice a day, just when I feel inspired to share a message. And people always say, you know, you, you have such an incredible ability to reach people on a different level through your writing and through your words. And people think that I just woke up. And I have friends or, or entrepreneurs that come to me and say, well, I'm not really a good writer. And I say, well, practice. Pra no one was born a good writer. They were pra they practiced. Like, I don't think anyone was Beethoven <laughs> picked up a pen and were magical with their writing. You you write and you write and you write and then you write some more and hopefully you get better and hopefully people start to read it and then it's just it's a snowball effect. I was a, I was a horrible writer. I don't know if anyone why anyone would listen and I and I everyone once in a while I get a message in from this show and they say. I listened to show number one, and I'm already, you know, moving up, and I love your shows. Thanks for doing them. That means so much to me. I can't tell you how much that means to me. That's why I'm sitting there. If I didn't get those messages, I probably would have lost interest a while back. But what I'm getting at is those beginning shows were horrible. <laughs> they really were. When I listen back, I cringe. It sounds like I'm a, a robot that doesn't want to be there. <laughs> and I did want to be there. I just was that bad. You couldn't tell that. I wanted to be there, <laughs> but now I found my voice, and I'm getting better each show, and and now because this is show, well, 170-some shows on air, and then I've just started doing podcasts once or twice a week, so I have well over 200 shows under my belt, and the first ones, I got to tell you, they're horrible, so if you're going to do something, there's a post that I wrote not too long ago, or you could you can look it up online, it's called Embrace the Suck. <laughs> 
it's what it's called embrace the suck because there's going to come a time in your life when you do something and you're going to suck that's just the bottom line of it that is just how it works if you're going to start something i think deep down everyone wants to be neo just a little bit i'm not a huge fan of those matrix movies but but it's a good it's a good example of how everyone just kind of wants to be the chosen one they want to start playing a song on the piano and be beethoven they want to be the chosen one in a karate class. They just want to be naturally gifted and good at it. And I got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the time, <laughs> we're not Neo <laughs> or Beethoven. If you were, uh, There's a book called, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book, something around 10,000 hours. I don't remember the exact title, but it's a fantastic book. It's fascinating. And it talks about 10,000 hours. And some of the greats, like Tiger Woods, they used for an example, 10,000 hours before the age of 18 or 20. And that's what it took for them to be that good. 10,000 hours. A lot of us don't get 10,000 hours in anything before we're 25, 30 years old. But these guys are phenoms because they put in so much work, so much time, so much effort at a young age. And that's, that's just the commitment they had that most people don't have. Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. I'm not quite sure if Steve Jobs. I think they came up together. I think they were friends of Steve Jobs' biography. Super inspiring guy. Can't believe they fired him from his own company. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. But you know, he came back and he he was he is who he is because of that because of that failure. But they were in that book in Malcolm Gladwell's book. He's talking about how Bill Gates put in so many hours on this computer and coding and. You know, they didn't even have a computer. I think they borrowed one, and then they were trying to make one. And they just spent hours in their garage or wherever it was. And and that's how, it, you know, if you're first to market, if you're the first one to do something, you're going to be known. You're going to be recognized. And he was, as far as I know, the first, certainly one of the first to do what he's done behind a computer. So for him to be designing and being who he is, you know, having all the money he has, of course, this world is moving towards technology and computers. Of course, he's has that much money he put in so many hours and i don't think a lot of people realize that at an early age he put in so much time and effort and he still does i just watched a, a show speaking of youtube i watched a show with uh it was bill gates and steve jobs and they're they don't, i don't think they were debating they were just kind of talking on back and forth they were on a stage they just had open conversations and they seem they seem like regular guys they don't seem impersonal or out of touch with reality like i would think a lot of those kind of people at the top would but it was pretty interesting check see if you can find that on youtube if you're interested but anyways i'm not talking about christmas at all am i <laughs> let's do it right now so when i'm talking about christmas i we went out west and we live i don't live far from the mountains I about live about three hours from the mountains you can see them from where i live so the further you go west the closer you get to the mountains so i went about an hour west and we we're quite close to the mountains and it was a I say a cozy log cabin, but it was it's actually a log house. So it's a couple bedrooms. It has a basement. Not that that really matters. But what we had is close family members that we drove out there. So there's a, a number of us that drove out there. There's a small group. You know, we're all very close. We talk on a regular basis. It's very nice. And I talked in Christmas pre-talks to avoid stress. I talked about how if you don't enjoy your family, you don't have to see them. And that certainly isn't, wasn't the case in this regard. Uh, you know, I, I love my family and we're very close and I have such a supportive 
family they're incredible so we spent christmas out there i spent three days and this was in a log i'm just going to call it a log cabin it was in a log cabin the, the fire was burning there was christmas music in the background we were laughing and talking and there's and there was smell of the next meal in the air because they're because the ladies are always cooking that's, that's how my grandma was <laughs> i was really close to my grandma and she was always in the kitchen she was always cooking and creating and she loved that and and my aunt and my mom are, are a lot like that so they were always in the kitchen preparing and creating it was it was so much fun it was it was it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful so this is what happened was in the mornings i would take max out i don't know if i talked about max too often but he's kind of our family dog and we share him he, he gets spoiled everywhere he goes but we share him at times and um he's actually with me right now wondering why i'm talking to a microphone and no one else is in the room but um so i took max kind of traditional i take max get up in the morning take him out for a walk and i was just looking to see if his ear popped up ears popped up when i said that word <laughs> he knows what that means so we went down this snowy road and, and it was snowy we're in the middle of nowhere and there was no civilization there was very little i mean not no civilization there was houses these are acreages in the in the woods and you can't really see a lot of the different houses they're hiding in the trees and I'm walking down this country road, just me and Max, and it's freezing out, and there's snow on either side, and you can see evergreen trees. A deer was laying in the field. It got up and kind of looked at me. It was really staring at Max to make sure he wouldn't see him and chase him, <laughs> which he does do. <laughs> so, you know, and it was just beautiful. The mountains were on one side. On the way back, the sun is coming up over the evergreen trees that are you know, the, it was just sparkling. The, the snow was on top of the trees, and the sun hit the snow in a perfect manner, and it was just sparkling. And I was just like, this is perfect. We, what else could you want? You know, we, we, we're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no civilization. I kind of like being secluded, especially warm and cozy on Christmas. And Christmas music and fires and smells, it was, it was incredible. So I'm walking back, and I'm thinking, why haven't we done this before? you know how can we do this again and then i stopped my thoughts for a second and i was like why am i doing that why am i thinking about the future why am i thinking about the past when right now is so perfect and i think we do that i think we do that it's a normal thought process to wonder you know what happened or live in the past and always to have memories in the past or or always in the future so then I thought some more. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a deep-thinking individual. And then I thought, well, if you talk to people with anxiety, all they do is talk about the future. They have incredible... Like, I know I have some friends that have... All, and there's a lot of people. They People don't tell you. They're not open about how, how much anxiety they have. But I can feel that on, on people from certain people because it feels like they shake. They have a, a, a diff, They have unsettled emotions. And, and I asked them, I asked my friends, I said, do you, do you have anxiety? And they said, well, how do you know that? <laughs> but I just kind of understand that. So we talk openly about it once they know, because most people that have severe anxiety won't talk about it. And they're always talking about the future. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know what's going to happen then. And you know, what strikes me the most about people with anxiety is they worry about things that never happened. And may and the situations that may never happen. So that's their that's where their mind is. That's where their memory and brain is is living in the future. And that's why they're so unsettled because we fear the unknown. We, that's what we do as human beings. We're scared of what we don't understand. And that's widely across society. Anything new, anything that pushes the envelope, we're afraid of and we resist. 
And that's why we are where we are today with health. But I don't want to get into that. So when people have anxiety, they live in the future. And, and that sounds kind of funny. That's like a Michael J. Fox Back to the Future movie. But it's not. It, I mean, it's not a stretch because that's where people with anxiety live instead of right now, instead of the present, instead of the moment. And that's very difficult to do because we're always thinking of the past or the future. So that's people with anxiety. That's number one. And then number two, people with depression live in the past. And if you have depression, if you ever, most people had depression on some level or have depression. So look at it this way. If you have depression, if you ever talk to someone, if you ever had it, your mind is in the past. That's all you're thinking about. You're thinking about what happened, what someone did to you, how that situation affected your life, why you're in this situation right now because of then. And it all has to do with what your where your mind is and what you're thinking about. It's all about living in the past. So that's depression. People are very depressed and they live in the past. So that's what I was thinking when I was walking and I and I thought, why why if this is if this moment right now is so perfect, if I love it so much, why would I take my mind somewhere else? Why would I think about the future where anxiety lays? Why would I think about the past where depression lays? Right now can be perfect. This can be happiness. I think Robert Holden said happiness now. He wrote that book. Check that out if you have happiness issues. <laughs> if you want to have happiness issues, excuse me, that's insulting. <laughs> if you want to have more happiness now, <laughs> see what I did there? Check out Robert Holden. And that's what I'm talking about because if you live right now, there's nothing. That's what Eckhart Tolle talks about. There's no, there's no, if you live right now, there's no reason to think about the future because you're right now. And there's no reason to think about the past because it's right now. So why are we moving our brains and brain and thought to different situations if everything's okay right now? So this is what I did. I thought about my mission for the weekend was to live in each moment. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to appreciate each moment and let each moment come as they may and let them go just as easily. Now, now see what happens is we want that moment to last so badly that we're thinking about how to replicate it when we can make it last. So all I was thinking about was that moment, each detail, each smell, each laugh, how enjoyable that was. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't not having a good time because I was analyzing everything. I was just not, I was trying not to think about the future or the past just right now, just be in the moment, live in the moment. It's a wonderful place. So, and by doing that, I extended each moment. Each moment lasted longer instead of shorter. So that's how our brains work, brain works. We're like, oh, this is fantastic. When can we do it again? So we're thinking about the future instead of right now. Let's talk about right now. Let's do it right now. We're doing it. So live it and be it. And that's all you need to think about. So that, so that's what made that weekend a lot, you know, a lot better, a lot more important, a lot more meaningful because I can make, make each moment last just being conscious of the moment at hand. And that's what I wanted to share with you because it was powerful for me to use my mind in that manner and to learn what I learned. And a lot of times when I'm alone or, or in wilderness or, or whatever, walking or running, I don't run too often, but when I do, I get those, I get more thoughts, inspired thoughts, and that's what I write about and that's what I talk about. And I was just walking and I never thought that before. I never thought that thinking about the past has a lot to do with depression and thinking about the future has a lot to do with anxiety. And if we could find a happy medium right in the middle, maybe does certainly doesn't have to be all the time, but we can work towards that. We can make each moment last a little bit longer by living in the moment. And we can replicate those moments. By the next time that comes, just let a moment come in and hang on to it a little bit longer by staying in that moment. 
instead of moving on to the next. I want to talk about depression real quick because a lot of people are depressed and we don't have to be. We don't have to be depressed by living in the last moment, (laughs) if you will. So have you ever ran into anyone depressed that had a good diet, that ate well, that ate clean, that ate often? Have you ever, just think about it for a second. Have you ever known anyone? Have you ever been depressed and ate well? No. <laughs> have you ever known anyone depressed that ate well? No, you haven't. Because they call it, a lot of people call their stomach their second brain because there's also serotonin levels in your gut, not only your brain. So by feeding your gut, your stomach, your body, quality foods, you actually give it those feel-good endorphins to make yourself feel better. So when people are depressed, they don't eat. They have no motivation. If you're severely depressed, you don't have any motivation to do anything. You sit in the fetal position and you think about the past. So if you're feeding your stomach quality foods, you have a less opportunity to be depressed and for longer. So if we're sitting in a fetal position or we're staring at the wall, whatever we're doing, people do all kinds of things when they're depressed. And and I understand that depression, you don't want to get out of it. You want to stay in it. That's how you are. That's your mindset. I don't care about anything. I don't want to do anything. I'm going to stay right here. But if you can find a way to get some nutrients in your body, get some food, some plant-based, some vegetables in your body, you're going to feel better. And some people get sick and tired of being depressed, and they've been there so long they don't know how to get out of it. So that's one way to get out of it and not make it so long, not prolong that that depression is put food in your body. And the other thing is is exercise. We all know exercise makes us feel better. If you don't want to be depressed anymore, find a way to do something. Be active. Get up. Clean your room. Do something. Just get out of the house and get out of that dark hole you're sitting in because all you're doing is thinking about the past. I've never met anyone that exercised on a regular basis that was depressed. Never. And I don't think you have either. And then all we talk about is medication. Oh, we need this medication. I think Zoloft is one of them. We need that medication. Those medications, first of all, come with side effects. The main side effect for me is being reliant on that medication. A lot of times you you get on that medication and you can't get off. Doctors don't know how to get you off. If you could slowly cut it back, but your body is reliant on that medication. You need medication. And and it's scary to me because it's a never-ending cycle. You take medication after medication, and, and then where are you? You have a tackle box full of meds, and the only way you can function is by drugs. It's scary. It's a slippery slope. And that's just something I wanted to bring up because you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to take medication. You can try to switch your mind and thoughts to the present. You can eat a little better, just a little better at it, one day at a time. You can exercise. You can do something active one day at a time. And sooner or later, you can pull yourself out. You don't need to be stuck in that you know, depression mode and then reliant on tools or outside substances. You can do it yourself. You can heal yourself. And depression is such a major factor in this world. We're so unhappy. We don't like our jobs. We don't like our family. We don't like our spouse. Our kids hate us. (laughs) It's okay. I think all kids hate their parents when they're about 14 years old. I know I was miserable. So anyways, so I hope you guys had a, a wonderful Christmas. And I hope that you get a chance to live in the moment because it's really something special. If you get a chance to live in the moment and... Just just love every part of it, every detail, every word, every sound. I think you can change your life in a big way.
and that's what that's kind of what I did this this past weekend. And I wanted to share that with you. I wanted you to be a part of it. So thanks for listening and th- thanks for tuning in and thanks for being a part of this show. I'm gonna do some online coaching. So I've been doing that for a while, and I love it. I really do it. It's so I like to be in my home. I like to work out of my home, and this gives me opportunity to travel and work and reach people that I would never be able to reach if I wasn't with them personally if I wasn't right in front of them so that that's I do that through Skype I do that through phone I do that through email There's a lot of different ways tools that we use but I talk about fitness I design fitness programs and nutrition and recipes and grocery shopping lists and I talk about your habits and environment it's a lifestyle I teach lifestyle and I would love to work with you if you want to work with me <laughs> if you're looking for a coach it's a fantastic time new year is coming up the next show that I actually recorded before this show is talking about New York, New Year's resolutions, setting and achieving goals. And I'm excited to get that out there because I was quite passionate about talking about that one. <laughs> so that's going to give you some insight and ideas on how to really set a, a sustain, or sustainable, a substantial goal. Something worth going after. So I'm at trueformlife.com. That's my main website. Everything's on there. Stress detox is the main topic there. I have all kinds of posts. I just wrote a pretty cool teacher's post. Reduce stress for teachers. I have a teacher presentation coming up. I kind of wrote them that for them to let them know what they're getting themselves into. I can't wait. I can't wait to get in front of an audience again, and I love it. I feel like a different person, and I feel I'm a little bit of a performer, so I, I get excited, and I'm, I'm passionate about what I have to say, and I like people there. I like to see their eyes light up and people falling asleep when I'm talking. It's all good, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fantastic. That's happening in downtown Calgary. It's a huge teacher's conference, so I can't wait to do that. All past shows are on exploringmindandbody.com, and... On Twitter, I'm at True Form Life, and that's it. I'm going to stop plugging you with all my stuff, wherever you can find me. <laughs> but check me out online. That's where I'm at. Go get them. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas, and we'll catch you on the next one talking about New Year's resolutions. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here.